Have you ever stopped to consider that the people and things around you have an impact on what and how you think? The things you see, the things you hear, have a direct influence on the things you think, which in turn strongly impacts the things you do. Your mind plays a very important role in your pursuit of holiness, purity, and godliness. That's why Proverbs 4.23 commands us to, above all else, guard your heart, protect your mind at all costs. Well, welcome to the Point of Purity podcast. I'm your host, Steve Etner, author, national speaker, and purity coach for the Pure Man Ministry. This is episode 82. And in this week's episode, we talk about the importance of understanding the mind. In order to glorify God in my everyday living, He must first be glorified in my every moment thinking. In Bible times, the fountains and wells were usually watched over with extra special care. You see, that water source was the lifeline of that village, of that town. If something got into the well to taint the water, It could have significant impact on the lives of the people who depended upon it. They cooked with that water. They drank of it. And even their flocks drank from it. Nothing, listen, nothing was allowed to enter that well if it had the potential of being harmful. As long as the water in the well was clean and pure, life was good. As I said in today's opener, your mind is that well. Your mind plays a very important role in being pure and godly. To allow sinful thinking is to pollute your entire life. Think about it this way. Have you ever stood at a wishing well or a fountain and, just for the fun of it, tossed in a dirty old penny? Think of that well as your mind. And then ask yourself the question, what's being tossed into my mind? What other, uh, what are other people, what are other things tossing in there? What am I allowing to enter my mind every day? Well, today's episode is going to be a little unique, a little different. I, I want to take a few moments and do something that I don't normally do. I'd like to read to you. And what I'm going to read is a small portion of chapter four of my book, Are You a Superman? How to Become God's Man of Steel. Now listen closely as I read, and it'll make sense to you in just a moment why I'm reading this portion to you. Imagine that you're living in a remote village. Your only source of water is a single well just outside the outskirts of town. The climate is hot, dry, it's unfriendly. You have no other resource for water, so you desperately need that well. The nearest neighboring village is over 100 miles away on foot through arid, dangerous wasteland. It's a trek you dare not take. Without the fresh water in that well, you and everyone in your village would surely die. Well, suddenly, that well becomes extremely important, doesn't it? The water it contains is now worth more than all the gold, silver, and precious stones in the world combined. In addition, Imagine that just outside of your village is your archenemy, intent on your total annihilation. And the leader of that demonic army will stop at nothing to see you dead, or at the very least, weak and sickly, totally unable to defend yourself, completely vulnerable to his every attack. Well, rarely does that enemy try a frontal assault. He knows you'll stand firm, holding your ground, determined not to give him even an inch. 
However, by using guerrilla warfare, he effectively wears you down. Again and again and again he peppers you with ambushes, sabotage, mini-raids, petty annoyances, and -and hit-and-run tactics. His goal? Poison the well, that precious well from which you draw life. He knows it cannot be too much poison all at once, nor too powerful, otherwise you might detect it. No, he's just going to add a drop tonight, another drop in about a week or so from now, maybe two drops the following week, just enough to taint the water and make you sick. Your enemy is coy. He's subtle. His methods are surprisingly simple. First, he walks up to you dressed like one of your neighbors or co-workers. He engages you in idle conversation that really goes nowhere and yet seems to take your full attention. You talk about the weather. You discuss the latest movies. You even talk about religion. And as he tells you a joke that's just a little bit off color, you don't see him reach behind your back and drop a pellet of something evil into the well. A few moments later, he abruptly ends the conversation with a friendly smile and walks away. On another day, he saunters up to you, but this time in the form of a woman. Oh, not in an erotic way, but subtly provocative. You see, he knows that if he were to overdo it, you'd be suspicious. So her top reveals just a slight amount of her cleavage. You barely catch a hint of her perfume. Her eyes seem to suck you right in, and her smile just makes you melt. And as you blush in her presence, fumbling for the right words to say, you never notice her tip a vial of some wicked concoction into your well. You don't hear it hiss as it hits the water. Yet another time... He comes up to you like an old friend, familiar and yet somehow not. He begins to tell you a story. You picture in your mind's eye the action as he describes the chase. You feel the emotion as he tells you of a love that is lost. You cringe at some of the strong language he uses, but you dismiss it as being just part of the storyline. Enthralled in the exploits of the hero and the drama surrounding the heroine, You don't notice that he sat rather comfortably on the edge of the well. As his story focuses on a bedroom scene where the actors are romantically enjoying each other's company, he lets slip from his grasp a pale, innocent-looking powder into the water. Day after day, week after week, he approaches you in various ingeniously crafted disguises. Some of them you've become familiar, even friendly with. You never suspect that anything is wrong. And yet, as you daily drink from that well, the poisoned water slowly begins to do its work. Your body starts to weaken, imperceptible at first, but you're feeling more and more fatigued. Your vision is becoming just a little bit blurred. Your response time is slowing. You become lethargic, melancholy. You can't seem to make yourself care about the things that once seemed important. Your your thinking at times is a bit confused, and you find your attention being quickly drawn away to other things. Your priorities have changed. You've forgotten why you're wearing that heavy, cumbersome armor. Fighting the battle just doesn't seem to be as important anymore. As time progresses and you go through your daily routines, you find yourself looking forward to the visits. 
In fact, when you see him coming, when you watch him approaching, you, you lean your sword up against the side of the well and you greet him with a smile. Taking your helmet off and setting it on the ground next to your breastplate, you embrace him warmly. He's become like an old friend, a glove that fits ever so comfortably. He hands you a chocolate chip cookie, freshly baked, laced with more of his poison. You wash it down with a huge gulp of that tainted well water. His task is nearly complete. His goal, almost accomplished. Well, I want you to think about what I just read to you. As the story unfolded, we watched as the enemy repeatedly used skilled and proven tactics to achieve his devious goal. We know how vital that water supply is. We understand the essential vital importance of guarding the well at all costs, right? And yet, are we not just as guilty as the man and the soldier in that story? We repeatedly let our guard down. You see, you and I also have a well. That well contains something that directly affects our health, our spiritual health. Now, now watch this. You only have one well. And what comes out of that well is what determines the quality and the character of your life. My friend, we must guard that well at all costs. Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for out of it is the wellspring of life. We must always, we must ever keep that which is in the well pure, Because our enemy's mission is to taint that well and ruin our lives. You need to keep it safe. You need to always be on guard, not allowing anything to enter into that well that would poison you. Let me repeat the concept that I'm trying to get across to you one more time. If your well is polluted, it will have a direct impact on your attitude your behavior, your speech. In other words, if your mind is tainted, every aspect of your life is impacted. Your heart, my friend, is the wellspring of life, Proverbs 4.23. That's why above all else, guard it. You see, pollute the well, you pollute everything that comes out of it. So don't taint the water, not even the slightest bit. In Colossians 3, verse 17, God gives this command. He says, whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. In other words, everything that comes out of that well, everything you say, everything you do, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, it must always glorify God. So track with me on this now. Of necessity then, whatever you allow yourself to see, whatever you allow yourself to hear. Oh, my friend, listen to me. Watch this. It must glorify God. If it doesn't, you must choose to refuse. You must choose to not see it. You must choose to not listen to it because that is something that is tainting your will. It is having a powerful influence upon your mind and therefore it is having a a, a powerful impact on your attitude and your action. So, excuse me. So again, I repeat, protect your will. Above all else, guard your heart. 
Well, next week's episode will continue this discussion of understanding and protecting our mind. So be sure to come back. This is going to be an episode that you're not going to want to miss. And if you'd like to learn more about today's study, if you're interested in learning more about the Pure Man Ministry, let me encourage you, as I do at the close of every episode, visit our website. There's a multitude of resources made available to you to help you in your walk with God. You can find the website at The Purity Coach. It's all one word, thepuritycoach.com. Now, one of the resources that I referred to today in this podcast, in this episode, is a book that I've written entitled, Are You a Superman? How to Become God's Man of Steel. The book is available on Amazon.com. And if you're a man looking for a 12-week men's Bible study, if, you've, if you're part of a small men's group and you're looking for something to, to, to dive into together as a group, this is a 12-week study that can help you and your accountability partners, your small men's group, in your walk with God. This, this book is a must-do. The, the book entitled, Are You a Superman of God?, is, 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 is written in a way, it, it's a fun look at what it means to be God's man of steel in a world that is anti-God, anti-Christ, and anti-Bible. You see, as Christian men, we try to be the superman of God that others want, that others need, that others even expect us to be. And, and to be truthful, we'll do fairly well most of the time at presenting that, uh, that, that, uh, that spiritual man of steel persona to those around us. And yet, if we're honest, inwardly, we know we're far from being the godly man that, that we want to be, that God has called us to be. Well, as a superman of God, your strength, your ability to effectively live a life that honors and glorifies God comes directly from the Son, S-O-N. In this book, Are You a Superman?, we we have some fun talking about the storyline of Superman, um, the you know the the Man of Steel. Uh, we we talk about the four characteristics of Superman that that parallel the four characteristics of a Christian Superman. Uh, we we talk about the fact that uh, Superman Clark Kent, um, this world is not his home. He comes from the planet Krypton. And, and and so here on earth, he's an alien in a foreign land. You know, the scriptures tell us that we our citizenship is in heaven, that we are strangers, that we are foreigners. This book, this Bible study walks us through how do I live as a man of God, as an alien in a wicked and sinful world. The second parallel, the second thing that we share in common with the storyline of Superman is that um, he, he gets his super strength from his close proximity to Earth's yellow sun. So for some reason, he's able to, to absorb the energy from the sun, and that gives him his power. Well, you and I are, are supermen of God. We are able to submit to God, resist the devil, and have the archenemy of our soul flee from us by our close proximity to God's son, S-O-N. The closer you are in your relationship to Jesus Christ, the greater your power to resist the archenemy of your soul and watch him flee from you, James 4, 7. The third thing that we share in common with Superman is that um, th there's one thing that can cause Superman to lose his strength. Remember what that is, if you're familiar with the storyline? It's called kryptonite. Well, here's, here's what kryptonite is. In, in the storyline, Superman's home planet, Krypton, 
exploded, and when it, when it exploded, chunks of the planet Krypton fell to Earth and became irradiated. And any time Superman got near a piece of kryptonite, it would sap him of his strength. Now, here's what I want you to think about. Here's what we talk about in this study. And that is the fact that kryptonite, all it is, is chunks or pieces of Superman's past. You and I have kryptonite. We have those things that, it's that, that radioactive element of our life before Christ that our spiritual arch enemy uses to his advantage. Now, the fact is, when you play around with your kryptonite, when you play around with your, your past, when you allow those past temptations, those past sins to come back into your life, it weakens your will and your ability to stand firm and fight the fight of faith. So this this 12-week study, Are You a Superman of God?, walks us through how to identify our kryptonite and how to stay clear of it. And then the fourth common characteristic that we share with the storyline of Superman is simply this. Um, in, in the study, I bring in uh, the names Bruce Wayne and uh, Tony Stark. And if you're familiar with those names at all, you know that Bruce Wayne is Batman and Tony Stark is, is uh, Iron Man. And the reason we bring those two characters into the, the storyline is simply because for Bruce to become Batman and for Tony to become Iron Man, they have to put on their costume. But with Superman, the blue spandex, the, 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 the red tights, the, 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 the red cape, the big S on his chest, um, that, that's not his costume. That's his real identity. His costume is Clark Kent. Well, why does he put on the persona of Clark Kent? It's so that he can blend in with the rest of the world around him and not be seen for who he really is. Guys, you are a Superman of God. You are what the scriptures call technon theos, son of God. But we put on a fake. We put on a costume. We pretend to act like the world around us so that we're not identified as a Christian. Well, in this 12-week Bible study, are you a Superman of God? You learn how to identify your kryptonite. You learn how to stay clear of it. You learn how to draw closer to the sun and be the man of steel. Take off the costume and be the man that God has called and equipped you to be. So let me encourage you to go to Amazon.com and purchase your copy of Are You a Superman of God? How to Become God's Man of Steel. And if you've not yet subscribed to the Point of Purity podcast, let me encourage you to do so today. You don't want to miss any of our upcoming episodes. Well, until next time, this is author, speaker, and purity coach Steve Etner reminding you that if you're going to glorify God in your everyday living, he must first be glorified in your every moment thinking.